Hello and welcome to the third episode of Insider's Look. Today I'm joined by Rudy Cassetto, the MPP for Mississauga Lakeshore. It's great to have you, Rudy. Thank you for having me here today, Jackson. Why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself? Okay, I, I grew up here in Mississauga Lakeshore. My family goes back four generations in the Port Credit area. Um, uh, my father worked at the old Texaco refinery here in Port Credit. Uh, do you want me to more explain to you about the area here, how I grew up here, how I uh, did my education here? Sure. Okay. So, like I said, my father worked at the Texaco refinery at the corner of Mississauga Road in Lakeshore. As well, uh, our family home is at 23 Mississauga Road, south of the Lakeshore, which today is known as the Cazetto Residence under the Home Heritage Act. Yeah, okay. As well, if you just cross over Lakeshore to the Crooked Q, which is a restaurant right on Lakeshore, the door that goes into it was my grandfather's shoe repair in 1958 with the movie theater, The Vogue. As well, I was born at the local hospital, which now will be getting a new build right there. So it's a proud moment for myself here in Mississauga Lakeshore. We're gonna have the largest hospital in Canadian history in our riding. Wow. As well, I went to our local schools, uh, which is uh, St. Mary's, uh, St. Paul's and Port Credit High. So I've never left the community as well. Um, uh, my mother worked at Riverside uh, Elementary School. Uh, and I, to be honest, before I got into politics, I, I worked for Ford Motor Company just outside the riding, if you really look at it. And uh, the joke is that I worked for Ford for 31 years and I still work for Ford, which is premier Ford. So I've really never left Ford over my career. Um, as well, I got into politics uh, at a young age. I was involved in many campaigns, Margaret Marlin's campaign, Don Blencarn. Uh, federally and provincially here in the riding and as well as Bill Davis as our Premier of Ontario and you know through the years worked with other members of uh, uh, provincial and federal politics uh, going through until present day today. Um, as myself um, you know in 2000 before 2018 before the election uh, you know I noticed there was no uh, clear direction of where we were going to go in the province of Ontario under the McGitney Kathleen Wynne government and I knew there was no future for my children and that's how I looked at it there was no future for my children I was worried that my children would never be able to find a job here in this province or, or make a life here so I decided to you know uh, put my name in and I and run in the last provincial election and uh, you know and I ended up having to run against a very tough opponent for sure, yeah. The toughest opponent that the Liberals had, I'll tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very nice guy. I, I'm never going to insult the gentleman, but I didn't agree with his policies. You know, I, I knew him very well, and uh, so I decided to run against him, and, uh, and this is where I am today. I'm uh, your mm -hmm. local MPP in Mississauga Lakeshore. For sure, yeah. Definitely, uh, it was tough when the McGinty win Liberals were in. There wasn't, especially towards the end, there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of jobs or anything like that so i definitely agree they're making again involved for uh, for the future yeah and and that's why i did it it's really for the future of the of our our children well my children i you're young still but that's yeah. how i looked at it and not not for myself i tell you the truth you know i be honest i was never a person that wanted to be in the public eye I, I enjoyed working behind the scenes, you know, strategizing how to win a nomination, how to win an election, you know, doing everything on the ground, but never wanted to be the public person. Uh, you know, I think uh, that's very hard on a family and I've seen it very hard on my family as well as other families, you know, like, you know, your children could get, uh, you know, 
bullied sometimes uh, with certain policies that you do pass. Even your your wife, you know, getting bullied at her work because of uh, you know you represent a party that some of the workers might not agree with. That sure, party. yeah. So very very difficult, and even going to your own grocery store or going to your church, right? To be honest, the funny thing is when I'm sitting in my office here. Uh, everybody tells me I took over the previous member's office, which I did. But before this building was built, there was a little white house, which was my family doctor. Right? Oh. So when I sit in my office now, it's really sitting in my doctor's office. Wow. Uh, and not only that, I overlook my church where I was baptized an altar boy at uh, St. Mary's and my elementary school, which now it was St. Mary's and now it's fun school. So for me, it, you know, it means a lot being in this office. It's not just a regular office for me. Right. So, you know, but uh, it is hard being in politics and, and sure. I think it's more difficult for your family than it is for you because, you know, mm -hmm. you end up growing a thick skin and being able to, you know, handle it as much as you can, right? Not that you enjoy it, but there are, you know, personal attacks. Uh, that's what I've always said, you know, especially with Twitter, Instagram and all that. Yeah, definitely. And Facebook. I don't mind if they attack our policies, but when they take it personally out mm -hmm. on you, when they really don't know who you really are. Yeah. So that's going a little too far and i disagree with that like if people mm -hmm. would meet, for sure meet most of the politicians they'd probably say you know what the person's trying to do what they think is the right thing i might yeah. not agree with it uh, you know but the yeah. person is trying to do the right thing for the province or the country or the municipality right yeah and that's and like you said that's the dangers almost of social media is that a lot of people are can just hide behind a screen right so if they do those personal attacks they can just hide behind the screen. It's very unfortunate for the the, me the member of parliament and their families as well, right? Because obviously you don't want to see that. And instead of actually, you know, meeting the, the member, right? The member itself is a nice person. It's just right, right. The, the policies might not be right, agreeing right. with and it. And that's how I, and you know, Jackson, you know what I find uh, funny too? And I have a, a gentleman that, you know, my kids were at the canoe club here in Port Credit where I was the property manager for two years. And, you know, we used to go to a lot of these regattas, you know, across the province of Ontario. And we were once at the Rio Canal in Ottawa, and the gentleman was standing about, say, not even 500 uh, feet away from me. And he was texting on Facebook, asking me questions when he could have come over and walked over and said hi to me and mm -hmm. asked me why I did this and why I didn't do that. Or, and not only that, he complains all the time on Facebook. And I never answer him, I'll tell you the truth, because he walked by my office on a daily basis because he brings his kids to the canoe club and he's never had the, the nerve to come and knock on my door and speak mm -hmm. to me because you know i'm very open like you know like, like sure. i said we might not agree but yeah. you know what i mean like but can't you just come and say hi rudy here you know this is yeah and you can't have a normal conversation you know like you, you know you're hiding behind the screen you're, and you know and i find that at that point it's not worth even speaking to the person unfortunately because I'd mm -hmm. rather speak to him and tell him, you know, this is why we did it. You know, give me your opinion why we shouldn't have done yeah, it or, or sure. a better or a better way of doing mm -hmm. it. Definitely. Uh, that's really, you know, that's what I find. I, I notice a lot that people never give you a better way of doing it. They just insult the way you did it. Like they never, you know, give me some facts what we could do better because there's always things we can do better. We're human, right? So Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, like give me some ideas because we, we might have really overlooked that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like almost a different uh, style with social media, right? It's a different approach to politics now, right? And in the, you know, 80s and 90s, right? People would send in letters and, you know, right, right. go to the office itself. Right. Now people are just like, 
going behind a screen right. criticize at all. Yeah. You know, and, I didn't like I didn't like that, this yeah. person. And not only that, a lot of them that do criticize don't even have their real picture on their uh, yeah. on their Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram account, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, my next question is uh, going into politics who who is an inspiration to you going into politics oh i be honest i had a lot of inspirations from a lot of people i i can look at uh, you know brian Mulroney, bill davis uh, uh margaret marlin don glencarn uh peter uh, uh peter mckay uh you know these are all people that i really looked up to um as well uh Beyond, I, there, she's now the MPP from uh, Oakville, North Bur Burlington, Effie Triantafalopoulos. Mm -hmm. I worked on her campaigns for many, many years in the riding okay. here. And then when she was running in Oakville, North Burlington. And the first time I didn't help her on her campaign was the one that she won and I won as well. Wow. But, uh, you know, leaving that as, aside, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, all these people and, and be honest, my, my, my whole family has been an inspiration to me to run and to make Ontario a better place for sure uh what do you think what do you consider is your biggest accomplishment as a politician so far um geez there's a lot of accomplishments down here that i you know i've worked on very hard is bringing the uh, brt down lakeshore uh finally funding the lrt up here ontario uh the rehabilitation of the credit river bridge and keeping the heritage bridge there um, as well as the, the you know, the, the long-term care with 640 beds here in the riding when the previous government only built 611 beds through the whole province of Ontario. And the biggest, the biggest achievement is the new building of our new Trillium Health Partners Hospital here in Mississauga Lakeshore for being the largest hospital in Canadian history. And that will be like a milestone. Like for, yeah, for, for sure. There, the, nothing will top that one. And for the province, right? Yeah, for sure. If it's the largest, largest in history, that's it's pretty tough to beat. It is. It is. And, you know, and you know, I can't wait until uh, we start breaking ground here. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think are issues that affect Ontario the most? Uh, you know, I think uh, right now it's a pandemic, which we know, mm -hmm. right? And we're we're hope we we are at the finish line. Where you know, you notice that. The you know the numbers we're getting of vaccines uh, you yeah. know we're we're hovering like I I'm I'm waiting for the day that we hit the three hundred thousand vaccines a day because we're pretty it's close. almost there almost there you know and it's funny how nobody's uh, you know criticizing us on the numbers of vaccines we're giving out you know yeah. if you do it, if you do it per capita we, the U S would have to do nine million vaccines a day to compete with us mm -hmm. so you know these numbers are staggering so you know those they really are. are. So that's a big issue that, uh, you know, that is affecting us right now. Uh, but it's the economy and the, mm -hmm. and not only the economy, even the environment. And, and, you know, and I find it very important. The environment is, you know, very close to me because I, I look at, you know, things that we did in history that we regret today. And we always have to be careful when we move forward. Like I always bring up this story here because it, it, it really touches on the environment in ways that people think that we were doing the right thing and then we ended up not doing the right thing. I, you know, I used to go grocery shopping with my mother when I was a little young boy here in Mississauga Lakeshore. And uh, I used to go to the Loblaws, which was, is now the North Frills, which closed down. But, you know, we used to go there and get paper bags and glass bottles. And uh, 
you know, and then they said, no, we're getting rid of glass bottles and paper bags. We're going to go to plastic because plastic will protect the environment. Now we move 45 to 50 years down the road and it was the worst thing we did for the environment. So these are things that we have to be careful. Like, you know, even the, you know, the electric car, I believe strongly in the electric car because I, I come out of Ford Motor Company, but, you know, but we have to produce the battery here as well, because other countries are doing a lot of environmental damages when they're mining for nickel, cobalt, lithium. So these mm -hmm. are things that we have to really concentrate. And even what we're going to do with the battery in 50 years, because right now we don't have many, but if everybody goes over to the electric car, we're going to have to be recycling all these products moving forward. So we have to be very careful how we do things. Uh, like, like I said, back to the plastic bag, uh, the paper bag over the plastic bag. And, you know, so I'm very concerned that, you know, I believe in the, the electric car. I think it's the right way. But, you know, not only that, we have to produce electricity for the electric cars, which right now, if everybody went to an electric car, we wouldn't have enough electricity in our grid. No. And, and that's an issue that we have to look, you know, we have to go into more nuclear. You know, we don't want to use coal like a lot of the U.S. areas have, you know, like, so you're, you know, you're, you're defeating the purpose. If you're, yeah, we if you're don't want to go back to coal car and you're yeah. using coal to protect, produce electricity, mm -hmm. you're going to be worse off. So, you know, we got to work, you know, in conjunction uh, with everything. Yeah? For sure. Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, electric car, you know, it's a good idea and, you know, for the future. Right. But right now, like Tesla's and all that, like they're relying on energy but the way that energy is produced it's not environmentally friendly or only a select few is environmentally friendly right there's right. and there's not enough not enough like clean energy like nuclear energy to uh yeah. extract it right so and maybe the, maybe in a jack, few years yeah and jack the other day i had a, a i organized a meeting between ford motor company here in oakville because they'll be building five electric cars coming out of different okay. models and the nuclear uh, industry, because, you know, we have to work in conjunction with each other to, to have a grid ready for the future, yep. right? For sure. Uh, what is your role? My next question is, what is your role on the estimates and public accounts committees? Well, it's to ask questions when the, when the minister comes in and uh, uh, tells you how he spent his uh, how the money was spent during the the year the fiscal year and we all ask him questions and he will defend the reason why the the funds were spent in those departments or where they were spent and uh, and then at the end of it we uh, vote in favor of the uh, of the spending or not in favor of the spending for sure uh, my next question is do you think that the federal government has done enough to support Ontario and its COVID needs or would you like to see uh, more or in a different way? Well, I think the federal government, uh, you know, overall they did a good job, but two things that they failed on would be getting us vaccines five months ago. So mm -hmm. we could have already been out of this uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, instead of trying to do a deal with China, they should have gone right away to Pfizer like uh, Israel and the UK did with AstraZeneca, you know, and uh, get these deals you know, signed and get the, the vaccines here in Canada as quick as we could have, um, because that has delayed us. And that's why, you know, people did die during the COVID because we didn't have vaccines. Because if you look at now, 
look at the number of people that are not catching COVID because of the vaccine. The numbers yeah. are dropping For sure. dramatically, you know, and, you know, and we're getting needles in people's arms. And that's, you know, we, if we had supply, we could have gotten people vaccinated early. Mm-hmm. We could have been like the state of Florida or any other U.S. state open, widely open if we had vaccine. And another thing that they should have done right from the beginning is close non-essential flights. You know, and I think that that that, that was a big one. That was a major, major mm-hmm. issue because you know, if we could have shut down and you know, especially when we didn't have vaccines, you know, yeah, once you sure. have the vaccines and you're getting them in people's arms, it's one thing. But when you didn't have vaccines and these flights were coming into the country with the variants, right? Like like one person said to me, Rudy, it did not swim here, it came on a flight. The Delta variant came on, the UK yeah, variant came here on a flight. They all came on, yeah. And, true. and these are things that, you know, if they, they had done that, you know, yeah. I think we would have been, you know, we're, we're in good shape. I'm not saying that we're not, but we would have been in better shape. We would have been the leaders. For sure, yeah. We would have, uh, when we were kind of like, you know, three, 4,000 a day, right, in, in lockdown. Correct. That's because of the variants, right? Because Correct. they spread so And, and that's so still quickly. our, the fourth wave is still, the Delta variants is still very concerning to our doctors, the premier and everyone, because you see where you look at Waterloo, right? You notice yeah, the people that definitely. are going into ICUs are the people that have not been vaccinated, right? Which, which is concerning, right? And they're yeah. going in, I think right now, I think it's 80% of the cases are the Delta variants that people are in the ICU, right? And that, you know, and it's very strong. Like I've had people I've known that have died from COVID. And, you know, I think when someone close to you dies from COVID, that's when people start realizing, wow. And it shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately it is, you know? Yeah, like you said, it's that, you know, it's most people are like, wow, you know, it really doesn't affect me, blah, blah, blah. And, And until you know, either you yourself or someone, you know, gets it or gets very sick from it. Right. So it's it's that personal connection. Well, I'll tell you this, my, I'll even, uh, my neighbor's father died from COVID and uh, his, his nephew was a, was an anti-vaxxer protester. And as soon as his uncle died from COVID, he did a 360, but that's not how it should be. No, it shouldn't, you know, uh, my next question is obviously, um, you know, between the media and social media and all that, it's very difficult to control, not almost control, like, you know, proper information to be put out. How difficult is it to, when you see how, uh, stuff online about, you know, oh, you should open up or like the media saying, you know, oh, they should do this properly or this properly without like actually talking to doctors. How difficult is that? It is difficult, but what we try to do in, in my office is get our message out, which is the message that we think is the, you know, like uh, the right message for the people of uh, the province or, and the riding. And that's what we try to do is get our message out because there is a lot of misinformation out there. You know, like you always have, uh, I be honest, I have, I have friends that I know that are anti, anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers and uh, like, you know, I grew up with these people and, you know, I try to you know tell them that, you know, it's true, it is out there. You know, I tell them the stories about the people that I know that have died from COVID, but they still are not believers, unfortunately. You know? Yeah, it's very, uh, very disappointing when, you know, uh, there's lots of people like, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, okay, I don't, I don't like that, you know, we're in lockdown or whatever, but still respect, 
the loss, right? right? Respect right. the mass, right. respect the, the because, vaccine. You know, when when you're when you're out there, uh, you know, protesting without a mask and doing that, all you're doing is delaying the opening mm -hmm. of the province. Yeah, for sure. The virus is spreading and, and yeah. the numbers go up and we're going to have to keep shutting down. So, you know, if people sit down and realize what they're really doing is causing what they want open to delay from what mm -hmm. they're doing, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's, it's almost like contradicting. It's like, you Correct. know, oh, I'm out here protesting to open up while no, no mask, no vaccine, right? As right. I'm spreading COVID to other Correct. people who then spread it. Yeah, Correct. it's just, especially with the Delta variant, it's yes. very, very strong. My final question is for uh, your ride and, and the province of Ontario, what projects would you like to see be done in the future? Well, like I said, I have, I have those projects, I'd be honest, I probably have the most of the projects happening here. I have, uh, you know, two other projects that I'm working on. Um, I'm working on the, the YMCA Ability Center. I, I was able to, I, the, the development, I have a development down here that was tried to get some funding for a YMCA. Um, and it, it was refused because in the ICEP program, which is a joint program with the federal government, there was not enough uh, federal money in that program. That's why the premier has asked for $10 billion a year in that program so we can build infrastructure through the province of Ontario. So we hope that the federal government will come on board and put more money into the ICEP program um, because that, if they do, we match what they put in so we can have these infrastructure projects uh, you know, happen across the province. Uh, the project I'm working on is now I was able to get the YMCA and the, the Ability Center from uh, Oshawa. I don't know if you know the Jim Flaherty Ability Center. Yeah. To, working together to build. Well, they now they've worked, they've put their forces together, which is great at uh, getting them together, but trying to build YMCAs and Ability Centers together through the whole province of Ontario. But I hope that we can get one down here in, in our riding of Mississauga Lakeshore as well. We have the old uh, Port Credit Marina here that has to be redeveloped uh, in the near future. And if mm -hmm. the federal government would put more money in the ICEP program, then we can have that development done uh, down here. And that's another project that I hope that we can get uh, going as uh, soon as we get some more funding from the federal government. For sure, definitely. Uh, like you said, a lot of money has to be spend on these projects right like they don't come free so hopefully right. hof it's true. hopefully it, the government comes through yeah and uh jackson they have been neglected for many years infrastructure has been neglected in the province of ontario for many years and our government is working very hard to get these things going here for sure all right i'd like to thank you uh, rudy for coming on today to the podcast it was great chatting with you thank you it was a great time being here and uh, if you would like me to come on any other time please let me know yeah for sure thank you all right, Thank take you. care. Take care. Bye-bye.